0: and welcome back to the word encounter episode 111 uh we stopped in proverbs chapter 10 so we're going to pick it up in chapter 11 today um uh, the the chapters that we cover today are just a collection of solomon's uh, uh proverbs and i don't know if it was solomon who collected them or somebody else collected them i don't know but in these particular uh verses uh, they're just one sentence proverbs and so they're just a collection And they have really no organization to them, if you will. And so, um, with that, let's get started. Chapter 11, verse 1 Dishonest scales are detestable to the Lord, but an accurate weight is his delight dishonest scales represents uh, somebody trying to steal from somebody else. You know, somebody wants to buy five pounds of flour or whatever, and the measure is really four pounds, even though the scale may say five pounds. And so the person doing the selling is trying to rip off the person doing the buying. The Lord detests that. Uh, Verse two, when arrogance comes, disgrace follows but with humility comes wisdom. We we see that humility is necessary for a lot of things to be released because pride cometh before the fall, and we will get into that. Verse 3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the perversity of the treacherous destroys them. Self-explanatory. Verse 6, the righteous of the upright rescues them, but the treacherous are trapped by their own desires. So we see that the treacherous, the evil, uh, the liars, the schemers, uh, a lot of times um, they're doing things because they want something and their desires trap them basically into a life of potentially ill-gotten gains and punishment is surely to follow. Verse 7, when the wicked person dies, his expectations come to nothing and hope placed in wealth vanishes. So obviously, when you're dead, you can't have any more hope, right? (laughs) And so, when you have your hope placed in wealth, you know, after you die, that hope vanishes because you're dead. Now, I'm not reading every every proverb. I'm not reading every verse. I'm just reading the ones that struck me particularly. And so, you know, you're highly encouraged uh, to read for yourself because what hits me may not necessarily hit you. And so, you need to go through that on your own. Verse 10. When the righteous thrive, a city rejoices. When the wicked die, there is joyful shouting. (laughs) So when the righteous um, are thriving, when they're in control, when they're in power, whatever, a city rejoices because decisions are being made in the best interest of the people. But when the wicked die, (laughs) there's joyful shouting because, you know, wickedness would would, uh, give birth uh, to to very nasty consequences, uh, even to those uh, who did not commit the wickedness. And so when the wicked die, they celebrate because they no longer have to pay for their consequences. Verse 11, a city is built up by the blessing of the upright, but is torn down by the mouth of the wicked. Once again, we see that the the, the upright, the righteous, are the ones that are going to have everybody's best interests at heart. Not so with the wicked. The wicked are basically... Um, selfish, and they are only looking out for themselves, even at the harm of other people. Uh, We see here that a city is built up by the blessing of the upright. You know, this is calling for, uh, we need people in our um, political offices uh, that are upright people because they're going to look out for everybody's best interests, and that's not what we have today. You know, if you're in the United States, I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. That's irrelevant to me. We have a political system that basically honors those who have access to resources. If you're one who is more qualified, uh, has the motive of your heart, is pure and just and right, uh, the odds of you getting in aren't very high, regardless of what party that you're in we have a political system that has that takes people into it uh, and i believe that most people that go into public office do so with the right reasons the right motivations but they get into a corrupt system and then the money starts to corrupt their decision making and so you have a system where the party both parties they fund candidacies you know not only at the presidential level but at all levels they fund candidacies this is how the candidates get their money based on how Uh, a couple things based on, you know, whether they think that this candidate has uh, the opportunity to win. But more importantly, uh, they put people or they fund candidates who are going to carry out their agenda. So you may have a candidate in either party that is in disagreement with the particular party platform issue but they realize that they can't go against that platform issue unless they are willing um, to be cut off financially and so if they're cut off financially then they're not going to win the next election and so you have a system where the parties are pulling the strings of the puppets The party leaderships are the puppeteers, and the the, the puppets do what the puppeteer wants them to do, even when they disagree for fear of being cut off financially. And so that is how corrupt our system is right now. So we don't end up with the best people in office. Let me get off my soapbox. Verse 13, the gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. Without guidance, a people will fall. But with many counselors, there is deliverance. <clears throat> Verse 15, if someone puts up security for a stranger, he will suffer for it. But the one who hates such agreements is protected. And so the word here is saying, this proverb is saying is that, you know, if you're you know going to put up collateral for a stranger, you know, you're going to suffer for it. That's stupid. Don't do that. Uh, but the one who hates such agreements is protect is protected from financial loss, you know. And so you don't want to do that. Verse 17, a man benefits himself, but a cruel person brings ruin on himself. Or I should say, a kind man benefits himself, but a cruel person brings ruin on himself. Verse 18, the wicked person earns an empty wage. <clears throat> A wicked person earns an empty wage, but the one who sows righteousness, a true reward. And so what you sow, you will reap. So if you sow kindness, you will reap kindness. If you sow wickedness, you will reap wickedness. Who knows what the timing of that is going to be, but it will happen. It's kind of a law of nature. Verse 19, genuine righteousness leads to life but pursuing evil leads to death. Those with twisted minds are detestable to the Lord, but those with blameless conduct are his delight. Is your mind twisted? Are you awful a little bit? You know, (laughs) uh, does your twisted thinking lead to unrighteous actions? But those who are blameless, but those with blameless conduct are a delight to the Lord. I mean, that's that's kind of self-explanatory, at least it should be. Verse 21, be assured that a wicked person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will escape. A lot of times, you know, it, it does it doesn't do us as much good as people um, to know that somebody's gonna be punished for their actions. We want to witness it, we want to see it. And this is saying, be assured that if a wicked, uh, that a wicked person will not go unpunished. This is where you have to have faith, because, again, we don't know the timing of this, you see. And so a wicked person is not going to go unpunished, but you might not witness it. You might not even be alive to see it, but it's going to happen. Verse 24, one person gives freely yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become pure, uh, only to become poor. You see, it doesn't make any sense, right? So you give away more, you give away, you give away, and then you get more in return. You hold on to everything you got, then you lose everything you have and you become poor. See, this is a, this is a manifestation of what you're really thinking about money. Now, I'm, I'm saying about money, but it could be, it, it could apply to relationships, it could apply to health, you know, it could apply to a lot of different things, right? And so the more tightly you hold on to it, it's demonstrating your fear of losing it. And if you're uh, you're afraid of losing it, that fear is going to manifest. That fear is going to come about. Whereas if you freely give it away, you know, it's a demonstration of what's in your heart. Freely you give, and so freely you will receive. And so the Lord can trust you, so he will give you more. Verse 25, a generous person will be enriched and the one who gives a drink of water will will receive water water here is uh, uh, is analogous to life in this particular uh, proverbs a generous person will enrich a generous person will be enriched and the one who gives a a drink or a taste of life a one who gives life will receive life you give life to people, you receive more life. How do you give life to people? You encourage them. You, know, you share the gospel with them. Um, you share uh, wisdom with them. You, know, you, 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 you infuse life into them. You infuse hope into them, thereby giving them life. So you do that for other people, it will be done for you. Verse 28, anyone trusting in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage foliage. Anyone trusting in his riches. It doesn't, it's not talking about any rich person um, will fall. And if you're poor, then you're righteous and therefore you will flourish. No, it says anyone trusting in his riches, anyone putting his hope, his faith, his confidence in his money will fall. You can have all of that stuff and not have hope, faith and confidence in it, know how to handle it, uh, approach it correctly, not approach it uh, with the sense of it being your savior, but just as tools in this life. And you're not holding on to it as if it was life itself. Then you're not going to fall. But those who do do that, they will fall. Let's go on to chapter 12. And we see in chapter 12, uh, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but the one who hates correction is stupid. Now, you you can't can't explain that any further, right? If you love discipline, you love knowledge, but the one who hates correction is stupid. Verse 3, no one can be made secure by wickedness, but the root of the righteous is immovable. The root of the righteous is God. God is everlasting. God is never changing. God is immovable. Verse four, a wife, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown. But a wife who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones. Verse nine, better be disregarded yet have a servant than to act important and have no food. Better be disregarded. Better to not, you know, care about your reputation amongst men. You know, you you don't care about what people think about you. Yet, you have a servant demonstrating that you have resources and whatnot, but you're not a proud person. You're still a humble person. You don't care about what people think. Then to act important and have no food. We have a lot of people going around acting like they're all that, acting like they have this, that, and the other, and uh, people that are mortgaged to the hilt, people that— um. Uh, Can't afford to go uh, days, let alone weeks, without a paycheck because they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're trying to put forth an air, put forth a reputation, so that man will look at him in a certain way. And uh, Proverbs is saying that's dumb. Verse ten: The righteous cares about uh, his animal's health, but even the merciful acts of the wicked are cruel. So even when the wicked are doing things mercifully. They're cruel. Why? Because God examines the motive of the heart. The motive of the heart is governing a lot of things, regardless of what you do. Verse 11, the one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies lacks sense. Those going after get, uh, get rich quick schemes are those who fall for every kind of scheme and this, and the other. Uh, 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 those who keep chasing after fantasies, you know, they chase after things when they've never demonstrated uh, a stick to itness um, attitude. Uh, they've never demonstrated a, a, a hardworking ethic, you know, and so those are fantasies. <laughs> so it says the one who works his land will have plenty of food, not the one who thinks about it. Verse 15, a fool's way is righted in his own eyes, but whoever listens to, uh, to counsel is wise. See, like a lot of times people don't want to hear nothing else. They just want to do what they want to do, and that's foolish. Verse 16, a fool's displeasure is known at once, but whoever ignores an insult is sensible. In other words, if you don't let people get under your skin because of things they may say about you or bad things they may say about you and you just keep on keeping on, you're demonstrating sensibility. Verse 21, no disaster overcomes the righteous, but the wicked are full of misery. Verse 23, the shrewd person conceals knowledge, but a foolish heart publicizes stupidity. (laughs) A lot of times when people open their mouths, they reveal what other people have already been thinking. You're a fool. You are stupid. And so our mouth can testify against us. Verse 28, there's life in the path of righteousness and in its path, there is no death. That's not necessarily talking about physical death. Okay. The path of righteousness is the path to salvation. And in salvation, you have everlasting life. And so you will physically die, but your spirit will live forever. You will be, and the word says in the New Testament, we're going to be given you know, new bodies, essentially, and, um, and we're going to be in the presence of the Lord forever. Chapter 13. A wise son responds to his father's discipline, but a mock, mocker doesn't listen to rebuke. You see, the, the, the mockers and the unwise, they don't want to hear bad things about themselves. They only want to hear good reports about themselves. And therefore, they're not open to, they're essentially closed to learning. They're closed to elevating their personal game. Because to do that, you've got to listen to other people. To listen to other people, you have to put yourself in a subservient position relative to them and essentially say to them, teach me, train me. That's a position of humbleness and a lot of people cannot do that. Verse 3, the one who gar- guards his mouth protects his life. The one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. <laughs> okay. Better to be thought of as a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut. I learned very early in my working career that when I would go to meetings that there was always somebody in there who knew more about the subject than I did. And so the best thing to do was to remain quiet, be humble, uh, speak when called upon and whatnot. And, and not put yourself in a position thinking as though you're an expert only to be corrected and um, yeah, only to be corrected in front of other people. So <clears throat> verse 4 the slacker craves yet has nothing but the diligent is fully satisfied. Verse 5 the righteous hate lying but the wicked bring disgust and shame. The righteous hate lying they hate hearing it, they hate doing it. There's no such thing as a little white lie to the righteous. What the, what the righteous want is the truth, regardless of how harsh it may be. Regardless of whether it supports their agenda or not. You see, we have we're living in a in a time in politics where if the truth doesn't support my agenda, I don't want to hear it. But if the truth supports my agenda, then I want to scream it from the hilltops. And see, we should want the truth regardless of whether it supports our agenda, our opinions, our beliefs or not. Because at the end of the day, the truth is going to ring true. <clears throat> Verse 7, one person pretends to be rich and has nothing. Another person pretends to be poor but has abundant wealth. Again, this is, this is speaking to people putting on airs for other people. You know they're essentially living a, uh, an, uh, they're living a life that is resembling a movie or a play. You know, as as if it's being watched and judged, and 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 so it has to turn out a certain way. Verse eight: Riches are a ransom for a person's life, but a poor person hears no threat. Now this is an interesting proverb. It says, riches are a ransom for a person's life. When one has resources, one of the highest fears that that person has is the fear of loss of those resources. And in that case, those resources have you. They have your spirit. They have your soul. See, they're they're essentially holding your life for a ransom. saying, if you don't do right, I'm going to leave you. And so people get fearful. They want to hold on to everything that they have. But a poor person doesn't have that. And so therefore, they're not living in that sort of um, prison. They're not, they're not jailed. They're not in that cell. And so they're free, if you will, from that. Verse 10, arrogance leads to nothing but strife, but wisdom is gained by those who take advice. Verse 11, wealth uh, obtained by fraud will dwindle, but whoever earns it through labor will multiply it. See, that's why you can't give people stuff you give people stuff uh, that they haven't earned and odds are it doesn't happen all the time but odds are it's going to be gone relatively quickly because they didn't do anything to earn it they don't have respect for it and therefore it leaves them. but when you earn it you have a respect for what you've earned and the the, 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 the processes um, and, and the policies and the um, uh, the direction that you were under while you were earning it, carries uh, carries through and keeps going and going and going, which means that the resources keep growing and growing and growing. Verse 13, the one who has contempt for instruction will pay the penalty, but the one who respects the command will be rewarded. And this has to do with humility. Can you put yourself in a humble position relative to somebody else? Can you listen to them? Can you sincerely listen to them what they're telling you, even if it's a harsh word? particularly if it's coming from a trusted source. And you know that they aren't after anything except for your best interest. Verse 14, a wise person's instruction is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. Again, so you have a wise person that is trying to instruct you. You have to be humble in order to hear them because what they're trying to do is they're trying to turn you away from death. Could be financial death, could be... um, relationship death, could be health death. Um, it could be a lot of types of deaths. But the righteous person, or excuse me, the, the, the person with wisdom is trying to help the person that they're giving this wisdom to. The question is, will they listen? Verse 16, every sensible person acts knowledgeably, but a fool displays his stupidity. Self-explanatory. Verse 18, poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline, but the one who accepts correction will be honored. You see, a lot of these proverbs is having to do with the person's attitude and whether you can humble yourself, whether you can not think more highly of yourself than you ought. At the root of a lot of these proverbs, that's the question. Verse 20, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they fools? (laughs) Are they righteous people? Are they wise people? Who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, we may have people that we really have a good time with and they're fun to be around and whatnot. But if you ask yourself a really honest, objective question, are they fools? A lot of times the answer would be yes. You know, So who are you spending your time with? Verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. See, A lot of people hoard money, hoard resources and whatnot. It's not going to stay within their lineage. It's going to go to somebody else. Verse 24, the one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. And I could go on about that one because, uh, in my opinion, we are not doing our children right. And so with that, I think we're going to conclude today. So we're going to stop here in uh, Proverbs 13 and pick it up with Proverbs 14 tomorrow. Everybody take care and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.